Hi everybody, welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour. I am your host, Vince, and I'm also here with... Me, special guest Kyle. Hey buddy, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm right, thank you. Uh, today we have something a little different for you. This is what I like to refer to as a burner. Uh, one of the things that I'm noticing is that I'm actually recording this during the day, so there is natural light hitting me. That's probably going to do something in the edit. I don't know. If you're watching this, I'm busy and I have something to do. We recorded this ahead of time. But today, what we're going to talk about is this film right here. Of course, it goes out of focus. The Road. Uh, it's a, it's a, I actually read the book. Uh, it's the first book that I read like since high school. And I really, really enjoyed the book. And uh, it's actually one of the few books that I have read. But uh, I was reading it and there was parts in there where I was like, I don't know if I want to continue reading this because of how grim it gets. And the copy that I have uh, right here, there's, I bought it used. You should buy books used. There's like a crease in the spine. Um, and that's like exactly the point where I was like, I don't know if I want to read. And that's what I think happened. Cause I bought it used as someone was like, <gasps> and then dipped out. But Kyle, what did you think of this film before we spoil the hell out of it? Uh, I enjoyed it. It wasn't bad. Did you? Yeah. I was afraid you were going to say it got too dark for you. Uh, a part or two, but like they didn't show it, but it was just like, oh, I'm probably going to think about that for a while. Oh, sorry to hear that. <laughs> uh, the the book, the tone of the book, I think is way more pessimistic. Um, it's written by Cormac McCarthy. The film is directed by John Hillcoat. This is Cormac McCarthy. People consider this like Cormac McCarthy's best book. He's also, he also wrote uh, Blood Meridian and No Country for Old Men. And the movie version of No Country for Old Men is the movie that I always say I am tired of pretending like I get it. I've seen that movie like six times and I just don't understand why everyone loves it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. It's just, I don't know. What about this movie did you like, Kyle? Uh, well, I kind of like the atmosphere mm -hmm. of it. It's, it's very Fallout 3. Yeah. Um, the first time I'd ever even heard of this movie was... My mom was watching it probably close to a decade ago. And normally whenever she was watching a movie, she would tell me. She'd be like, hey, I'm going to watch a movie. You want to join? And I, I don't remember her asking me to watch this with her. But I remember coming out into the living room and seeing it on. And it was right before that, like, boardwalky carnival scene without ruining anything. You know what I'm talking about? Right, yeah. And... I remember walking out and going, oh, this looks like, this looks like Point Lookout. Like, what is this? And then I remember scenes in the woods and little things and, like, looking at my mom and being like, this looks like Fallout 3, like, a lot. Like, this is very, so it's something that I wanted to talk about. Uh, like I said, I've read the book. It's, uh, like, a 300-page romp, and I think the book is way, way more depressing like, I, when we get to the spoiler section, I want to read to you some of it. There's certain parts. Um, I want to read you, like, the last few paragraphs. But is there anything you want to say before we get right into spoilers? Uh, no, I think we should just get right into it. 
Cool, before we do that, real quick, I would like to thank the Patreon. Because this is coming out at a future time, I will have something from UberDuck announce the Patreon. So thank you to the Patreon. Uh, if you're supporting, I appreciate you, I love you, I respect you. Because of you guys, we continue to do fun stuff. But other than that, let's get right on in to spoiling this movie. Thank you to our supporters, Eugene Ove, Danny, Marcus, and TP. What was your... What, what moment of this hooked you? Um, hmm. Uh, them scavenging. Just, like, looking for stuff and scavenging for stuff. It was like... Maybe, like, uh, I was going down to get something to eat and drink. I was like, man, I really want a game like this. Like, like yeah. Fallout's Fallout, but they also ha is very goofy, and I don't, like, I want something that's not goofy, and, like, the mm -hmm. only thing that really came to mind was Days Gone, because it was like, you're out scavenging, you know? Yeah. I think a Fallout game with more of this tone... Mm-hmm. Uh, would would be a phenomenal that very like I don't trust anybody there's even like little things like when Vigo Mortensen is like why are you following me and he's like I'm not following you just the idea of I'm so paranoid because everybody's out to get me that is so interesting to me because it's you can't mm -hmm. trust anybody. And then even when he yeah. shoots that guy with the flare at the end of the movie, he's like, why were you following me? And he's like, you were following us. And you had no clue whatsoever about those people, like yeah. at all, yeah. throughout the entire film. The book, I don't want to be that like, oh, the book's better type of person. But like that family at the end that shows up. Uh-huh. Uh, they show up like four or five times throughout the book huh. where he like goes to his ho his old house and like sees the kid in the window. I, it's been almost a year since I've read the book, but if I remember correctly, it was like maybe one or two times before that he had seen a guy with a dog or like a kid. I will say though, this is probably the most film accurate book representation into a movie that I've ever seen. Honestly. I actually watched this on my uh, Series X, Kyle. And I thought, because, you know, that's going to have the best picture. Yeah. And when I went on there, it, like, made me change my Xbox password. <laughs> Weird. Uh, but what do you think, what do you think caused this apocalypse? I think it doesn't seem like human made i don't know because the old mm -hmm. guy was talking about like we saw signs i think it was more natural like the planet was coming up you know it's the planet it's never said in the book what happened that's a thing that i really appreciate about the book is the man i like how no one has names it's the man the boy the the, the old man the naked cannibals like nobody has a name the point of the book is that in these times, like, I'm saying the point as if I wrote it, what I gathered from it, is that the whole point is nothing matters. Like, mm -hmm. names don't matter. He even says in the beginning of the movie, he's like, I haven't kept a calendar in years. Yeah. Why would I? And 
he's way more pessimistic in the book. And when he actually talks to the old man, it seems like more of them fighting. Like it seems more tense. This seems like him and the old man are trying to get along. Where in the book, him and the old man just don't like each other. But what is more alluded to is that it's nuclear winter from a natural disaster. And it's kind of surmised because of, from like everything that I've read and watched on the book, it's kind of surmised that it was Yellowstone going off. Mm. And that that blocks out the sun. Right, right, yeah. Which I think is super neat because he even says, he's like, it was a flash and it was over. Yeah. Which could sound like a nuke, but would, like... You know, it also makes sense why the trees are dead, because, like, they got burnt up. Yeah. I don't remember the fires in the book, but... Like, that scene with the uh, the raving... The, 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 the raiders with their truck in the beginning of the movie, where mm-hmm. they're sleeping in the car. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That's like almost exactly how it was in the book. And did you notice that there was PA plates? I did not know. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. That's, and I'm sitting there going, is that the tunnel? Like, is that the tunnel? Like by like when, where I live? When, like, they're, when they're going through the past the cars, I'll be like, hey, why would they just sleep in the car? Like I would, like if I was a person, I would sleep in the car and then they're sleeping in the car. I was like, oh. Yeah. That's, I really feel like a lot of thought for the apocalypse went into this universe And I really appreciate that. I always say when they, you see an apocalypse movie, you never see enough cannibalism or forced sexual encounters. Not that I want to see that on camera, but we were actually having a conversation about this at work. When the apocalypse comes, money will mean nothing. And the five currencies will be food, water, ammo, cigarettes, and sex. Not in that order. And... To see that, like, they have these, these like, farms of people under the house of, like, mm-hmm. we need to eat. Even the man says it. He's like, the biggest fear we have is cannibalism. Did this, did this entire experience make you fearful for the end or did it make you hopeful for the end by the end message of the movie? Like, real life? Like, you know, it's only a matter of time before Yellowstone goes off. It's only a matter of time before Russia nukes us. It's only a matter of time before we run out of clean drinking water. Like, the end times are upon us. We got maybe 20, maybe 25 years. And I think that's being very generous. So, like, it's coming. But, like, at the end of the movie, there's nothing with color. And the boy sees a green beetle and that's like, oh, this is the start. Like, does this, is, does this make you hopeful? Do you think that, like, deep down humans will always try to be good guys? Or do you think that will just revert to inherently evil chimps with guns? Well, as per usually every apocalyptic zombie scenario that seems to happen that in their world, there's never ever zombies or apocalyptic stories. So I feel like that because how big of a media mm. apocalypse stuff is that I think people know better and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everything. That's actually a really interesting take. You know what I mean? Like, of it like, that. like every yeah. zombie thing, like walking dead is like, what zombies? And it's like, yeah. Okay. And you know what I mean? Like, I think everybody has a common knowledge of like, 
oh, yes, the apocalypse is going to happen. This is all going to be cannibalism. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's all in people's minds. So if, if I'm hearing you correctly, you think that because of this being a genre of something that's so well known, you think when the day comes, it's not going to be that bad. Because people are going to have this understanding of, like, we need to work together. I, I think so. I think there's going to be a lot more people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you what know you- how, like, like I think every back in the day in high school, like, people would theorize, like, what's the best zombie weapon we can go get if zombie, you know what I mean? Like. Oh, my God, Kyle. Oh, my God. You just hit me with, like, a huge, yeah. like, the amount of time I have spent talking about this. What what what's your go-to weapon? Yeah, exactly. What is it? Uh, probably spear. Yeah, that's long not... range. Yeah, trench spike was a big one. I remember mm. the zombie survival guide book. Yep, got a lot of play amongst our friends, dude. Yep. I remember one night I sat around. It was like the first time I ever tried alcohol uh, in Minecraft. I sat around a bonfire with three other dudes all night long and talked about zombies. And I was like, yeah, man, if you had like a minigun, you could mow them down. And someone's like, no, you don't want that. It's so loud and you're going to miss most of those shots. I was like, wow, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're good to survive. I mean, with all the shoes you have, you know, so. Dude, that's okay. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking about that because like. They find that one room that is just filled with shoes, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I've got like two years worth of walking with the amount of shoes. Like, let's be honest. I can't carry every pair of shoes I have. So like, let's say I take four, but also I have a size 13. You know how hard that is to fit in a bag? That's the whole bag. Uh But then on top of that, if I got to find shoes, 13 is a rare size. I'm good for like two years, and then after that, maybe a little longer, and then after that, I'm like, I'm gonna be raiding Foot Lockers like crazy. I thought <laughs> it's funny that you brought that up because I did think of that. What do you think about the boy? Uh, I'm glad it wasn't an annoying child, like most mm. stuff has. Like an, I don't think Atreus is that annoying, no, but, but I was like, gonna... it's not like a child that's like who and like like yeah. freaking out all the time and like doing stupid stuff that happens like just crying and whining and yeah i i pictured him as younger in the book like i said before there's no meaning he d- the the boy doesn't have a name the man doesn't have a name mm-hmm. he doesn't say how old he is i kind of pictured in my mind the man to look like joel like a skinny right. Joel, like a really like grizzled kind of dude. Not exactly like Joel, but I also pictured the boy to be like seven. So when I see him playing with crayons and his little stuffed elephant and he's like a 12 year old, I'm like, aren't you a little old for that? But that's just because like, you know, my perception of having read the book prior. But, you know, other than that, I... I think he's fine. He talks a lot more in the book. There's actually a scene that I was hoping they were going to recreate, but they don't. In the book, when the man dies, the boy goes, 
are you ready to go, boy? And the dad goes, uh, yeah, Papa, let's go. And it flips. And it's supposed to, like, I don't want to say foreshadow because he dies, like, a few pages later. But, like, it's supposed to show that, like, now the kid has become the dad. Like, in the sense of roles. Also, he doesn't die on the beach in the book. He dies in the woods. Mm. And the part where he goes in the boat is, like, a totally different... Like, it's way longer. What, what, what part of this movie do you think is the most sinister? Like, what do you think is the most just downright evil, I-need-to-survive sur- type shit? Like... What do you like? Hold on, like sinister is like what part was like ah, uh, or like what? Because you, you just had two different things there. Like like like, because I, I, I'm because I'm sorry because I'm leading into answer the question myself. I apologize. I shouldn't do that. What part of the movie do you think is the most sinister act in the film? I would say the cannibalism, but the part that now I'm going to constantly think about is when they're going through the snowfield and you see blood and footprints and they see the girl and the little child running and then all they do is hug. And you you don't even see it. You just hear screaming and then gunshots as like a crowd of people with guns are chasing after them. So I was thinking of a different scene, but now that you say that. The thing that I think was the most, like a very, maybe not the most sinister, but one of the most more sinister parts is when the cannibals come back to their, like, slave mansion mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're trying to get out of the basement and you hear the one go, where do you think you're going? And then just shotgun blast. Like, that's their dinner and that dude just shotgun blasted a steak. Like, yeah. it wasn't just like, hey, push him back down the steps. You broke his leg, now the meat's tender. No, no he just ruined dinner for, like, a week and a half. But the original one I was going to say, the one that I think really, really got me is when the black dude steals all of their stuff on the beach Mm. and he chases them down and he's like, how long have you been following me? And he's like, I'm not following anybody. And he goes, take your clothes off. And he's like, what? He's like, take every piece of clothing you have off right now. And he strips and he's like, come on, man, don't do this. He goes, this is how you left me. Like, it's he's protecting himself. And at the same time, like, that's, dude, that's evil. Like, that's an evil act. Yeah. He made him take off his shoes. Yeah. Like, that's how far he went. It wasn't just take off your clothing. It's get naked and take the shoes off, too. He didn't even give him a chance to run at that point. I, like, that, that bothered me. Can we can we talk about the cannibals? Yeah, yeah, please. Right. I'd love to. If I was a cannibal, I wouldn't want skinny ass starving people to eat. I want yeah. people that are well fed. You know, yes. maybe a little bit lump. So like, <laughs> to my mind, it's like, yeah. To my mind, I was like, okay, they're keeping these people that are like probably gonna die, probably disease filled, yeah. and they're just gonna eat them, and then they're gonna want more people because like there's nothing on them. Yeah. And how much of their body is bone? Yeah. Like your weight. Like uh, I knew a guy who hunted and he told me that a third of a deer is just bone. Mm-hmm. So that's a very valid point. My only counter argument is where are you going to get food? Yeah. Yeah. 
Were you going to feed cannibals feed other people? Yeah, feed their food <laughs> other food. You know what I mean? There's actually, now that I think about it, this part isn't in the movie, but it's in the book. And it's really, really messed up. So if you're sensitive to like this type of stuff, this is another moment where I wasn't sure if I wanted to keep reading or not. Um, just fast forward like two minutes. There's a point where on the road they see four guys with guns, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe it's two, three, or four pregnant, very pregnant women. And they let them pass. And then eventually they come across a camp and the baby's on a spit. Oof. So they were keeping women pregnant for the sole purpose to just have children to eat. Which... It's not very efficient. Not very you gotta efficient. You got to wait nine months. Gotta, yeah. But I mean, you know, I guess if that's like the veal of the cannibalism community, there's there's also um, a point, because we were talking about this, like I said, we were talking about this movie and this book at work. Apparently, like everybody in the state had to read this book for school. Huh. So like kids my age, people a little younger, people a little older were like, oh yeah, I read that in school. I'm like, really? If you would have put this in front of me in school, I would have lost my mind. I would have been like, this is the greatest book ever made. This is fall three of the book. <laughs> but they keep women for the fetuses, but they also keep children um, for sex. Because if they're prepubescent, it's like a woman, more or less. Like how Shakespeare, uh, prepubescent Teens, boys, played women on stage during the Shakespearean era. Uh, so there's a lot more messed up stuff in the book. But mm -hmm. that's to be expected. I'm, I, I love Fallout. It's apparent. Look at this entire program that I have made. But it's not gruesome enough at points. Like even Book of Eli... There's one scene where it's like, this would be real. It's it's very aggressive towards Mila Kunis's character. And I'm like, this would happen. This feels real to me. And then it kind of just stops. Fine. I don't want to see the act commit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not a monster. I just want a little realism. Anything anything you want to talk about other than the cannibalisms? The cannibalisms. The cannibalism. Uh... I like how when the guy was going to the bathroom and he's pointing and he's like, don't look over there. And then he shoots him. Mm -hmm. And then when they come back, I guess what, they cut his head off and took his body? I couldn't really yeah. tell. I That's what I think happened. I don't remember how that happens in the book, but they chop his head off, take his insides out, and then I guess they're going to eat him. Mm. Here's what I wanted to ask because the guy asks the man, what are you, a doctor? What do you think the man was before this happened? Uh, I don't know. I don't really know. So in the book, uh, he talks a lot more about religion and faith. And like when he's talking – so in the book, when he's talking to the old man and he's saying like – so when he's talking about faith with the old man – the old man tells him there is no God. God doesn't exist. God wouldn't do this to us. Like he still says that he thought, if I remember correctly, he says that the boy he thought was an angel, but the man 
a lot of times when he talks to people and God gets brought up is very much in defense of God is real. God wants me to work through this. The child is a direct is is evidence that God exists. Like that in the book is what he does a lot when the child is brought up. There's even a scene in the bunker where he's reading and I was trying to look at what the label on the book was and it just looks like a Bible. It's just like a tome, like it's a big book. I think he was either a rabbi or some sort of a preacher because priests can't get married, but rabbis can. Um, the Hasidic ones do get married, but he obviously wasn't a Hasidic rabbi. He, he, I think he was some sort of a religious man. He was very clean cut and he kept his shirt tucked in. But then he's also at the, like the opera shoving his fingers in his wife. Yeah. Uh, opera <laughs> or like church. I don't know what it was, but yeah, that, that, if I remember correctly is just in the movie. I don't remember that scene in the book. But I wouldn't, I don't, it doesn't matter. Like, that's the thing. I just want to know what you thought. Because I don't think he was a doctor. If anything, he might have been a professor. Yeah. Because he was obviously a smart guy. I feel like that was also like a a thing for the guy to get him to come back. Like, oh, you're a doctor. We can offer you stuff. We need one. You know, like. Yeah. Oh, of course. A thing. Um, I don't know. I didn't like his wife, though. (laughs) No, was, how did you feel like, about that? How did you feel about her? Uh, just leaving to be like, I got to go. And then it was just for her to go die because she wanted them all to kill them. Yeah. And she even says, she's like, they're going to take advantage of me. Then they're going to take advantage of him. And then they're going to kill us all. Mm-hmm. And then she just walks into the woods and says, screw it. Yeah. I'm done. In the book, she leaves. I don't remember if she kills herself or if she just walks into the the cold again but she's not great she's 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 a real lori shout out to anybody still watching the walking dead but like yeah i like that he kept his wallet with him yeah because i'm presuming it's about eight years after the bombs or the bombs fall after (laughs) the event that causes the end of the world it's about eight years because I'm thinking the kid's probably like nine, ten, yeah. maybe a little less. No, probably a little less because he's born like right as it starts. No, oh, so, no, because there is that scene at, right at the beginning where she wasn't pregnant looking and he was getting up and turning water on and there was like fire outside. Oh, you didn't think she looked pregnant in that? She had a little bit I, of a I bump. Not really, but yeah, I don't I think it was, I think it's longer than that. I, I didn't think they were into it a year. Because when her that scene when her water breaks, there's candles everywhere. Uh huh. And how heartbreaking it is it in that scene where he has to smash the piano to make firewood? Yeah. It was so like it, they didn't focus on it a lot, and then he finds that piano and just breaks down. This this movie, I feel like this movie could have been more depressing to kind of match the book. Uh. Because the book just feels like a constant slog. Like, it feels like walking. Like, yeah. that's there's no other way to put it. Like, the book feels like... And, like, in my mind, the road was a little different. Like, it was a little more pronounced. Like, it was almost like a thing where you walk the road and you just kind of... There's kind of like an unspoken don't people on the road kind of rule type thing. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, again, this is what I gather from it. I'm probably wrong. But also, Kyle, the way this is written, 
um, is really, really interesting because you know how normally like in a book it'll be like, he walked into the room with a toothy grin and looked at me and said, oh, I didn't expect to see you here excitedly. Yeah. And I sat back and thought to myself and said, my God, a smile like that that I haven't seen in ages and eagerly, but somewhat timid, I said, well... It's nice to see you too. This is written. Let me find an example of it. This is actually, I believe this is the old man and the man talking. I guess God would know, know it. Is that it? There is no God. No, there is no God. And we're just his prophets. I don't understand how you're still alive. How do you eat? I don't know. You don't know. People give you things or people give you things. People give you things. Yes. To eat, to eat. Yes. No, they don't. You did. No, I didn't. The boy did. So like, it, like I get this because I've read the book, but out of context, it's it's incredibly confusing, and that's what I like about it so much is that like just just the context of here's another one. Can we go, Papa? Yes, of course we can. Like the man speaks to him very direct, and I got a very monotone feel out of the book mm-hmm. where it's it's very pragmatic. It's either it happens or it doesn't. There is no where. In the movie, which I'm not downplaying the movie, it's a movie. Like people have to go see it. Movies have to follow a formula. So, like, I can see why it follows a formula of him being a little more lighthearted. There's uh, many times where he tells the boy flat out, you're going to die. There will be a day where you die. Where this one, he kind of, like, dances around it a little bit. Even the scene in the barn where they find the hanged people. And he's like, why do they do this? And he's like, you know why they did it. Like, he says it with almost like a lightness to him in the movie. Where mm. in the book, he's like, they did it to escape. Like, I mean, I'm taking that as like, I'm paraphrasing and like projecting onto it. But there's a lot of things in here that translated very well. And some that I feel like were missed out. How did you feel about the family at the end? Did you know that was Guy Pierce? Who is that? Uh, oh, God. What did yeah. Because when he showed up and when he's from something. Uh, the thing I can only think about at the moment is he was in Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3? Who was he? Was he the, he's the bad guy in he's Iron Man 3? He's the bad guy in Iron Man 3. That's why he looked. I've never seen it, but I had a computer class where we had to re-edit the Iron Man 3 trailer. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, because I saw the end credits thing because I watched it on Prime, so they showed, you know, the actors. Mm-hmm. And like I was like Guy Pierce, I was like, oh, he's because um, the one guy was the guy they sh- he killed in the beginning that I knew from stuff. I can't think of and the now. guy who's peeing. Yeah, um, the guy who's peeing was the guy who's peeing was Garrett Dillahunt. Um, I'm trying to think Garrett. what he played in. He played in a bunch of stuff. But I can't think of like something you would have seen. But yeah, him. Um, was the kid somebody? The kid was Cody Smith Cody McPhee. S- he looks very familiar. Robert Duvall is the old man. I didn't even notice yep. that. Was this the Ender's Game kid? Dude, that was Michael Kenneth Williams as the thief? Holy shit, he just died. He was yep. in a wire. He died of like a drug overdose. I didn't even notice that was him. He was in Assassin's Creed and 12 Years a Slave. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. This movie's got a lot of... Shalice Theron is the wife. I don't know what she's in, but I know it's a big name. Uh, Mad Max. The new one. Is she? Yeah. She's furious. Can, can I can I can I be honest with you? Did you not see Mad Max? I've never seen any of them. Oh my god. We gotta watch that one. <laughs> road Rate. Road Warrior. No, not Road Warrior. Uh whatever the new one is, we have we should road? do that. Yeah. 
I, I would like to. I've heard it. It's, it's the dude who directed it directed Happy Feet, and I love Happy Feet. <laughs> Happy Feet is such a good movie. Apparently, uh, from what I understand, the way he edits, there's like a focal point that you could watch the entire movie on fast forward and understand it. So Happy Feet and Mad Max Free Road have like the same editing style or shooting style where you could like watch the whole thing on fast forward because it's like maybe a focal point. Yes, we have to watch Mad Max. I want to watch the first three uh-huh. with uh, Mel because like especially those first two, like Thunderdome, I think is the third one. And I'm not super into like car combat in the apocalypse, but like you you know who I am, Kyle. You know what I like. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll see if I can find it on Blu-ray because I also want to do Soylent Green. I want to read Soylent Green. It's uh, the book is called Make Some Room. It's a short story. It's a novella. Uh, is there anything else you want to say, or should we trivia time it? I think that might be it. Would you watch this again? Uh, maybe in like a few years. Yeah, I, it, it, it feels like it, I feel like I was desensitized to this a little bit because I read the book and, like I said, they were eating fetuses pretty much. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So I was waiting for that. I right, like this. Right. I I might watch the special features just out of curiosity later on. Yeah, I, well, it's, I, it's one of those like two thousand movies where it's like, okay, I seen this, and now it's like I'll catch it if it's on TV one day. You know what I mean? That's the best way to put it. Honestly, that is. And, and don't get me wrong, it's not a bad movie, yeah. but I feel like the Book of Eli falls into that category too. Mm-hmm. Like I love the Book of Eli. But I don't think like it's not something I could put on. It's not it's not Pulp Fiction. Right. Like I yeah. could put on like Pulp Fiction. I could put on and watch any point at any time, and and then tune in, tune yeah, out, yeah. like come back and forth. But that's also the way the movie is filmed. A thing, two things I want to say. How do you feel about flashbacks in film? Uh, it depends. How did you depends feel about it here? Uh, I didn't care. You, you were you were. Not I assume the wife died. I assume the wife died. I didn't need to see that whole process. You know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't contribute to it. It's like, okay, he didn't want to kill himself and the kid. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I didn't... I, I normally don't like them after I just said that I like Pulp Fiction, a movie that's like half of it's a flashback. But I I like that they were dreams, and I like how it kind of wrapped around to the point where it's like, if you're dreaming of... If you're having nightmares, good. And if you're having good dreams, bad. Like, I like how it kind of incorporated it. But right. other than that, like, I, I, I'm i happy that they were short. If they were longer, I probably would have been upset. Mm. I also, I just want to talk about the bunker. Before we go to trivia, I want to talk about the bunker. Because in the book, they actually switched a couple things. If I remember correctly, the 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 bunker with the, the, the human farm, I'm going to refer to it as, when he opens that up, he doesn't go to the shed, if I remember correctly. He opens it up there, the bunker. He, like, looks around the house. And if I remember correctly, the bunker has um, a shower in it. They didn't have to go into the house for it. Right. So, like, little things, whatever. In the book, especially, that moment where they're in the bunker really feels like a moment of rest. They actually stay there for, like, a lot longer in the book. Mm. And the boy even says to him, he's like, can we just stay here? And he's yeah. like, no, we have to keep going south. And I think they eat more food and take 
they they have less to take with them, but they were there for like a week and a half of just relaxing. Also, his cough is like way worse at that point, if I remember correctly. But like something stupid that they kept it, not stupid, but like a little detail was like the mattress was like a thing that was like in the book that I was like, oh, wow, like the thing that I read. Right. Let's read some trivia. All right. I also wanted to say I knew he was yes. dead when he got shot with the arrow. Oh, yeah. Did you think he was going to make it out alive at any point in the film? Uh, No. But I assume, like, he would get killed or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, once he got shot with the arrow, I'm like, nope, he's dead. He's going to get infected from it. Do you think he was a good dad? To an extent, yeah. What do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, I don't, you, are we the good guys? And it's like, no, no one's really the good guy. It's kind of like The Last of Us. Was Joel uh, a good guy? No. No. Not at all. No. But... But when you played as him, you thought he was the good guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why people got attached to him. And you, kinda, just you got shown he wasn't the good guy when he took the guy's clothes. Yeah. But he wasn't a good guy. But in the words of Zangief, <laughs> just because you're not a good guy does not mean you're not a good guy. I didn't commit to that accent, whatever. But, like, do you think he was a good dad? I think so. Okay. Cool. Trivia time. You ready? Yeah. How do you feel about, uh, what's it called? Um, character acting. I think it was good. Because uh, v- to, to live the role, Vigo Mortensen would sleep in his clothes and deliberately starve himself. At one point, he was thrown out of a shop in Pittsburgh because they thought he was a homeless man. <laughs> Director John Hillcote filmed the soft drink vending machine scene with the man and the boy several times, each with a different brand of beverage out of concern that Coca-Cola executives would not want their product to appear in the movie. A telephone call from Viggo Mortensen and the, to the president of Coca-Cola secured permission of the can of Coca-Cola to appear consistent with the source novel. I remember that but I don't remember it vividly. I also really like that scene because it feels human. Like how I said, this is actually something I want to ask you before, so I'm going to ask you right now. I like how he kept the wallet. I like how he found the soda for him because it reminded him of the old world. What's something you think you would do to keep your kind of daily routine to have that kind of same old world mentality so the new world doesn't completely break you and you're eating people? Uh, I mean, I think I would go crazy. I think I would be insane by the time the world really, ended. yeah, because I would be going my D and D mentality and think I everybody would be, you know what I mean? I would just instantly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There is no Kyle. Only I can't think of the line. Do you know what I'm trying to say? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Hold on. It's from a movie. I think it might have been... Is it Ghostbusters? Oh, there is no Kyle. Only Zool. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I'd keep my wallet on me. Mm. I think I'd keep my wallet on me, and if I found change and I found a wishing well, I would try to, like... You know, just those little things. Right. Um, I think I'd collect pictures. Would you go... Would you go cannibalism? I'm happy you brought this up because I was going to ask you that exact question. Give me one second because my computer's going to die. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I would do it now if it was legal, like in Minecraft. 
If there was a way to try, I, Kyle, I like to cook. You know this about me, right? Yes. Why would I not want to try it? Like, I think if the apocalypse comes, that's how I'm going to get in good graces with a community. Is just be like, I know how to cook. And they're not going to check. They don't have LinkedIn. I'm going to tell them I was a two Michelin star chef. They're not going to check. And you know what? Everything's going to taste like two Michelin stars when I got half a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese, two eggs that are two, two weeks out of date, and uh, a pack of Vienna sausages in a tin. Yeah. If it was completely legal, from everything I've heard, it tastes like chicken and has the, the uh, texture of pork. I'm not on the dark web, but there was a British TV show where the guy cooked it. They took part of each other's thigh or calf and like served like a filet to each other, and they tried it on live television. You could look this up. This, this happened. I, I, yeah, no, I, I'd absolutely try it. I, I try I, it. I think I would, but I would have a set of rules. Oh? Uh, no women and children. Why not? I don't know. I, that, I, that would be my set of rules if I would go cannibalism. I don't think women would bother me. I think the children would bother me more than the no. women. Kyle, you know, <laughs> you don't want a nice breast? <laughs> you, there's a Hulu show. Not show. Is it a show? No. I think it's a movie or whatever called Fresh. It just mm. came out. Okay. I think you would like that. It's about cannibalism? Yeah. Tight. Let's get back to these trivia questions. We kind of yes, bopped around. Yes. The scene where the man washes the boy's hair in the stream was shot three times. During the scene, the weather was very cold, so the director promised Cody Smith, Smith, Smith McPhee, that he would be done in only two takes. However, during the second take, the sun came out, and ruined the shot, requiring a third one. Boys crying afterwards was him actually crying and not acting. In keeping with the novel, the cause of the apocalypse is never explained. He nearly, Viggo Mortensen nearly turned down the role of the man because he he planned a break from film. After completing his work as the man, Mortensen took roughly two years off from acting. One of the cannibals on the back of the truck was played by Cody Smith McPhee's real dad. That's cool. Both uh, Viggo Mortensen and, I'm going to just call him Cody. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why every single child actor needs three names. Both Mortensen and McPhee reported bonding by eating crickets to help them get into character. Wow, I, I brought this up earlier. The director did not shoot the controversial scene from the book involving a baby on a spit being roasted over a campfire, but ultimately decided to... Oh, they, I'm sorry, they did film it, but ultimately decided to cut it because it was simply too much. I wonder if it's in deleted wow. scenes. I'm going to watch right away <laughs> when we're done because I still have my, my uh, so disc in the thing. I know you have a big thing with apocalypse and not eating dog food yes i will never eat bugs neither will i that's that's my real life rule i won't eat bugs i can't do it i can't i can't do it and that's like how i brought up what is your your routine to keep up to make things normal i can't eat dog food i can't eat dog food in apocalypse situation i can't eat bugs in mexico crickets are like a thing though and like if i go to mexico i want to try yeah, it yeah, but yeah. like i won't be able to do that like i can't put my mind past it. yeah the old man's line about having a son was not in the script and it was ad-libbed by robert duvall after they all were tired from many takes during a preview Q&A screening in London, the director revealed that McPhee won the role of the boy partly due to an audition tape sent in by his father that showed them reenacting the scene where the father shows the boy how to kill himself by placing the gun in his mouth. 
The only character in the entire movie that actually has a name is Eli, the old man. The cause of, of the global catastrophe is never specified, while the book and the film strongly hint at two explanations, either a worldwide nuclear war or a massive strike on the Earth by a space-born object. The filmmaker did not want to make the film about the character's blame or lack thereof of the, for the situation and kept focus on the man and the boy. Holy shit, the ocean scene was filmed on Lake Erie. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. The ocean scene was Lake Erie. So I'm assuming that means it was filmed there. Yeah. So, uh, dude, PA plates. Yeah. Whenever it was a sunny day, the visual effects technicians had to use CGI to make it look cloudy because the director wanted to maintain a desolate atmosphere. That's probably my favorite part of the movie is that everything's gray. Mm-hmm. A CGI aerial shot, which appears to be in the trailer, is a digital recreation of destruction by Hurricane Katrina to several parts of Louisiana. The shot shows large twin boats on a highway in front of a bridge over Empire Lock and Louisiana State Highway 23. In the movie rendering, a large city skyline appears on the horizon, where, in actuality, it would have been the rural peninsula. Hmm. Huh. Half the crew members for the shots in, in New Orleans were survivors of Hurricane Katrina. Wow. Originally, they wanted to shoot the movie in chronological order, but logistics of filming at numerous locations in several dozen states made that impossible. That's awesome. Holy shit, Kyle, listen to this. Kyle, oh my god. The scene outside the tunnel was filmed in Rays Hill Tunnel in Bedford County, PA. Huh. Part of a 13-mile stretch in what is called the Abandoned Pennsylvania Turnpike. What the Wow. The tunnel was originally built in 1880 to serve as a railroad tunnel, but was never used. In the 1930s, the tunnel was repurposed to become part of the new Pennsylvania Turnpike system. In the 1960s, a 13-mile stretch of the Turnpike was rerouted to relieve traffic congestion, and the original part, which included two tunnels, which, which was simply abandoned. Dude, how far were we from Bedford County? Hold on, uh, I gotta we're not going to say. That's about everything I have trivia-wise, Kyle. Is there anything else you'd like to say about this film before uh, we rate it? I think that's it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Kyle, what would you give this movie? Uh, I'd give it like a 7 out of 10. I'm with you. I want to give it about a 7.4. 7.4 old men walking down the road out of 10. <laughs> 7 uh, naked cannibals in the cellar. <laughs> 7 naked cowboys on ramp. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I like this movie. I thought it was pretty decent. I don't know when I'll watch it again. I bought a yeah. Blu-ray of this. It won some awards. It has Blu-ray IQ, which I don't think has existed for a decade at this point. <laughs> but uh, you could the, the, the intro was like, you can send these to your friends. You can take clips. And they're showing like stepbrothers and like someone like recut boats and hose. <laughs> And I was like, no one used this, and then they got rid of it, and now I can't use it whatsoever. And it's so weird to hear, like, Sony brand when I'm watching it on an Xbox. Either way, I like this movie. Kyle, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. It was good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, depending on when this comes out, there might this might be the second one. There might be one more burner episode like this i've got some stuff going on and i can't wait to tell you about all the fun i've been having when i get back uh so that'll be soon i love you thank you for being here 
Links in the description to the uh, intro music, which is by Shane Ivers. It's called Feather Duster. My Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the show's Twitter, the Discord, the Patreon. Again, thank you to the Patreon, the Redbubble. I love you. I hope you're well. I hope you're smiling. I hope you're doing a little dance, making a little love, and getting down tonight. Bye, Kyle. Bye, Kyle. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Ghoulman Entertainment Production.